0: Welcome back to the Hoops Temple Podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz, and joining me from New Zealand, Dylan Williamson. Good morning, Nathan. Happy New Year. Good morning. Happy New Year. I'm a little bit bummed that you decided last week that you wanted to enjoy sleeping in on New Year's Day <laughs> because we we could have recorded in 2023 for Aaron and I and in 2024 for you, and we would have just been able to like set up this whole good back and forth future take of like, hey... Dylan, what's happened thus far in 2024, and you could have just just been on one, just said all sorts of stuff, and told us the whole future. Except it,
1: except it was the first, so it also would have been like miserable. Maybe I could have like um like done the podcast from the pool as I was lying there um being brutally sunburned as I um nursed my hangover. But yeah, the I feel like the the takes would have just been miserable. But would have been like, man, I don't even care about it. <laughs> I don't care about basketball right now.
0: As a man who walked his dogs in the snow this morning, poolside sunburn just sounds anything but miserable. I'm, I'm very envious.
1: It's it's more it's more the January 1st hangover, but whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we don't have happy topics to begin with. It's because I asked you and Aaron what we should talk about today, and you both said the imminent demise and absolute turmoil of the Lakers. So, I guess as host, that's that's what I have to throw to for us to begin this. Uh, how we feel about the Lakers?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of disappointing for me because. It's my natural instinct every year to just assume that the Lakers are going to underperform expectations. Um, And coming into this year, I was like, you know what? I can kind of see the vision and gave them a a generous win prediction when in my heart it was saying they're definitely going to be worse than the Clippers. They always are. This is like a 500 team. Um, I I didn't follow my heart. I overthought it, Brank the Lakers too generously. And then not only that, but I bought into the in-season tournament buzz um they had a terrific three game stretch in which they looked like a championship team um and maybe it wasn't too
0: representative four game stretch four game stretch we beat the pacers we beat the suns we beat the pelicans and in our ist group stage we also beat the suns again because that was our only real competition but four good games um yeah i I was talking with aaron and this reminds me of like when i was coaching high school basketball my second year coaching um was just a shit show Uh, i was an assistant coach for my old high school team and it was the year that our coach who of like 20 years had announced he was going to step down and everyone wanted his job so you had like last year's jv coach the previous year's freshman coach the new um freshman coach like all of them being like well i'll be your assistant and i'm like yeah i'll see i'll try you guys out and like i'll make my recommendation um and they all they all wanted to have their sons or yeah basically their sons be the fifth starter we had four starters and then we needed like a fifth one and they each brought something different to the table the one guy's son was good at defense the other guy's son was a good ball handler the other guy's son um had good mental toughness um which okay uh, and the he other guy's the right son, way. yeah and, and then one guy's son was a shooter and like any problem the team had the coach would be like well we just need to have more shooting now ah, we just need to have more defense Ah, we just need some more like mental toughness in the starting lineup and whichever one you put in you took off the other guy and so it's like ah you put in the like ball handler you took out the shooter and then it's like ah we lost we would have won if we had more shooting and so you had everyone griping the entire season and it was just like a shit show, and I feel like that's what we have with the Lakers where uh, we could play D'Lo, but then we need more defense, we could play uh Vanderbilt, but then we need more offense, we could play Vanderbilt and uh Prince, but now we need more ball handling. It's just like it's a whack a mole with issues,
1: hmm. yeah. And Aaron kind of did a victory lap about um calling the shit shuffle, went on TikTok and um called himself a genius, which to be fair, it is one of the greatest calls. Um, I think in podcast no. history to, to call the shit shuffle, um,
0: but the it, term uh, shit shuffle is one of the greatest calls. Yeah, call it, no, no, I'm not giving them credit it, for that. <laughs> um, it, it
1: looked like they had defied it for you know those those four games in the in season tournament run when all of a sudden to your to your point these guys who provided one single thing suddenly started doing other things. Um, Torian Prince, who's a spot up shooter. All of a sudden, he could play defense. You know, Cam Reddish, who's essentially just a a defensive um, specialist at this point. You know, he was making enough shots to stay on the floor, and sadly, now they've regressed to just being very one dimensional players.
0: Essentially, it's just the shit shuffle continues. I I see it a lot, also when I'm watching Milwaukee, where it's like they have a couple of they've they've got four guys, and it's whack-a-mole trying to find the fifth guy. Of we can play Portis, and now we have too much size not enough ball handling not enough wing defense well we can play bow champs okay now we don't have enough uh spacing okay we can play or i guess jackson now we don't have enough spacing okay we play bow champs it's just like every single guy they have has some um some really glaring flaws for everything good that they do i do think the lakers have a more solid roster than what we've seen um but i don't know that we're ever really going to see it like I keep kind of holding out hope that when Gabe Vincent comes back, we'll be better because the Lakers really do need another ball handler and another guy who can shoot, another or a guy who can kind of create or at least space the floor. And that, that should have been Gabe Vincent, but he's now not going to be back till like middle end of February. So uh, if if he's the hopefulness, that's too late. We, we can't survive till that long.
1: And what's interesting is that the defense has actually held up pretty well. It's yeah. really just that they... I mean the 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 defensive rating is is solid um they're a, a good defensive team
0: it is it's 10th in the league
1: i guess that's that's not terrible yeah that's a top 10 defense but the, the big problem is just that they cannot score um and it's kind of concerning and that that applies to not just the team in general but also when lebron and anthony davis are both in like they still cannot put up points looking at their lineups like Starvin Ham actually is trying a lot of shit. Like he's kind of you know throwing shit at the wall mm-hmm. at this point. Um, there is one lineup that is positive, essentially. One lineup that's the Max played Christie lineup. decent minutes. And yeah, it's the Max Christie lineup. Do you think there's anything yeah. to that? That's the one five-man no. lineup that can actually score.
0: No, that just tells me that's a fluke. I mean, Christie is nice in that he provides spacing and some ball handling, but that that tells me that's more of a fluke thing than anything else. I, I watched them play Memphis this last night or two nights ago um I watched it today but it, it was a close game all the way through and then the fourth quarter the Lakers got tired and crabby they're, they're freaking crybabies. it drives me crazy like any <laughs> any turnover LeBron overthrew Reddish on a pass and Reddish just like pouts and doesn't get back so it's four on five um LeBron gets poked in the face and he tries to sell it they' like he should have been a been fouled and he's like doubled over on the ground like hitting the floor and everyone else is just like all right we're gonna we're gonna play on and so they inbound and and just memphis goes and scores four or five on four and it's like lebron you're not getting this call we we all know you're not getting this call like just just play and like as soon as they scored he like gets up and just continues with the play um and and, like that was the whole fourth quarter if you made a turnover if there was a mistake that guy just didn't get back on defense if you drove and you missed a layup you complained to the refs and like it wasn't lebron led the way with this but like cam reddish would do it um max christie did it It, uh christian wood did it like looking at my notes like they all did it. And it's like, they, that is not how you play good defense. Um, And then the Lakers were 0-6 from beyond the arc in the fourth quarter for three. You can't lose the three-point disparity battle that badly. And they, they just did. They just were not hitting threes the entire quarter. I don't know how you fix that.
1: Yeah, do you think that there is a move to make? I mean, the, the Lakers are in this weird position where they traded like one of their outpicks. I think it's like 2028 20, or something, but they kept their recent picks, um, which actually like makes it kind of hard to move picks because you run into the and like dictated by that random out pick instead of your recent picks um but you know there's the that classic um combination of matching salary of um who is it rui and um
0: Rui and Delo for yeah, uh yeah rui. rui and
1: Delo, yeah to to make um to make up salary and some first round picks do you think that there is a move that can fix the issue which um i think we're pretty much you know figured out with we've, we've solved the Lakers issue it's that they need um ball handling and shot creation do you think that there is a shot creator who doesn't take enough off the table that's on the market like a Zach would Zach Levine fix this team
0: no um and, and one thing real quick to the picks this package right now the Lakers 2024 pick goes to New Orleans except for the fact that New Orleans has the right to choose instead the 2025 pick Um, I I think they do that basically up until yeah, and so then the they have the 2027 pick traded out. So right now they can only trade the 2029 pick. Um, up until draft day, which case then they could trade 29 and 31. So it's like the Lakers do not have that many picks packages to trade. I know the the idea has been floated out there of either Levine or Murray. And listen, the the Rui and Reeves for Murray deal, it's it's a fine trade. Um, I, I think the Lakers actually probably win in terms of value, but I don't think that makes them contenders. I don't think Murray playing off ball next to LeBron is going to look any better than Murray playing off ball next to Trey Young. Yeah, you know, he'll be able to do a bit more of his defense and be the the number one guard, not have have to always guard up or guard down positions. Like he can he can take that wing, but or that guard. But I just don't see it as as like a big enough of a move to want to take on Murray's salary and have that be the plan for a post LeBron future.
1: All right then. If if we're um if we're not in contention and there's not a move to get us to contention, if you're the Lakers, then what's what's the what's the play? Just play it out. Hope you can get into the play-in, and LeBron and Davis can turn it on enough to make a push.
0: Yeah, I think that's the move. You know, there might be some small things around the edges that can make a lot of sense. Uh, I know I've seen the push to fire Darvin Ham and bring in Doc Rivers. That's the wrong Rivers to go for. I want to go for your rivers, Austin Rivers. Hey, a ball-handling guy that can defend and shoot. Just,
1: I like it. Get Austin Rivers a job, man.
0: He was decent last year for Minnesota. I don't understand. I <laughs> know. Like I know. Um, he was on a podcast at the end of the off season, and he was like, "Listen, <laughs> talking I'm shit not... about his um." <laughs> well, he was kind of saying like, "Hey, I'm not going to sign with anyone until I know where Dame goes, and whoever Dame goes to is going to have offload all these pieces, and then I'll go try to sign there and." That was Milwaukee. Then they signed a campaign instead. And I think that uh, that screwed Rivers out of a spot. But like Rivers is 31. It's not like he's super old and past his prime. I, I feel like that's the small short-term move. Try to make the playoffs. And then LeBron LeBron can walk this offseason and his son will be draft eligible. So I'm I'm not saying that I trade LeBron, but I, I'm saying that I don't want to go all in right now without some sort of commitment for LeBron.
1: I didn't realize that LeBron was off contract this year.
0: It's he's got a one and one basically, so he he's got player yeah, that, that option for next year. It always does.
1: Remember when always they um does. what what was his like dictate that they had to do to re-sign? It's like extending Austin Reeves.
0: I, Something I stupid like that. <laughs> I don't remember. I know he's had too many of them, but yeah, he's got player option next year for fifty one million. We've got Davis locked up through twenty twenty seven, um, and Reeves locked up through twenty twenty six. So like. We've got the other guys that I care about locked up for a while, but uh, yeah, I guess if I don't have a commitment from LeBron, I'm not mortgaging the future to try to build a a Murray Davis combo or a uh, or a Levine Davis combo. Now, if I if I can get Levine without giving up Reeves, I think I'd do it. But I just I don't know what everyone else would be interested in that deal. Maybe just getting off Levine's money. If that's mm-hmm. if that's all they're interested in, is like, hey, can we get off Levine's money and we can give you. Give them Rui and Gabe and like just expirings and just say, Hey, you're you're done. I'm with me. We'll take the contract. Sure. I uh, will make that deal. But I don't think I don't think anything's gonna get the Lakers back into contention.
1: Yeah. Maybe they should have traded for James Harden. That's the way the LA teams can get back into contention.
0: <laughs> are you are you enjoying your heart, your Harden
1: life? It's it's finally working out, man. <laughs> As like a big James Harden fan and also a Clippers fan, the misery of those early games where like James Harden was terrible and like ruined my team. I was like, man, are you fucking kidding me right now. This always freaking happens to me. Um, there was this stretch in like the twenty tens where the Clippers would like sign a guy that I really liked, but then it would be like too late in his career and he'd be washed. Like when they brought in Turkaloo, I was like, Oh, let's fucking go. I love Turkaloo.
0: The classic Doc Rivers signings of who beat me in the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Yeah. Wilson Chandler like man I love Wilson Chandler this is the guy that we always need and then as soon as he's in he's freaking washed and they they went through this impressive streak of signing guys that I really liked and then have them Danny Granger then have them not be good anymore um, and I was like man is this just my luck like they're all all these players that I really love they're going to bring them in and then have them be terrible and the team's going to fall apart is it continuing with James Harden but we figured it out
0: you know maybe this is just the thing like you need an off you need a mid-season trade to shake it up everyone that has made a mid-season trade has has done better kind of post it it's um 76ers they got a win on their side with the guys they brought in i thought the Batum has looked really nice over there uh the and raptors raptors have been playing really well the freedom for rj barrett listen I'm, I'm still not a fan i still don't love it there uh but quickly's looked really nice good Good for him to be able to expand and grow his role um and then i pulled up the stat before the pod do you want to know what the knicks on a, the the Knicks net rating so per 100 possessions how much they are outscoring teams with og and Opie on the court i'm going to tell you whatever you're thinking it's higher
1: how many how many games has it been
0: <laughs> uh like four games okay. <laughs> i will grab the games um because that that may give you a guess mm. uh also no tips plays his starters A lot together. Okay. Yeah. It's been four games Minnesota, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Washington. Philadelphia did have Joel Embiid. What is their net rating? So they're per 100s with OG on the court. Plus 28.
1: Plus 29.35. (laughs) God. I told you, whatever
0: you were thinking, it was going (laughs) to be higher. It's an offensive rating of 126.5 and a defensive rating of 97.2. Like, dear God. It's pretty sweet.
1: I think that's um, like randomly coincided with Isaiah Hardenstein becoming
0: yeah. good again. Shout out to him. Clippers legend. I mean, was it like 19 in boards last night and 23 the other day? Like, who is the G-leaguer that the Lakers just signed from the Knicks system? Dylan Windler set like the, the G-league record in rebounds. And it feels like hartenstein has been like going rebound for rebound with him. We got, yeah, 19 against Washington, 20 against Chicago like man's putting up boards or pulling in boards.
1: Yeah, and he also fits into like that random archetype of player that I really like where they go from like one faceted offensive only center who's like valueless and then randomly becomes like a good rim protector. Like they just, Mm -hmm. you know, like the the Brook Lopez all-stars, like they just figure out like, oh, I'm really big. If I just put my arms up, it's really fucking hard to score over me. Um, And he came out of nowhere and just randomly became a good rim protector. After being, he he was he was almost out of the league when the Clippers signed him. He was the last roster spot, and then he just finally became a good room protector.
0: I had something I was going to say about him. I don't remember what it was. It was a, it was a fun pithy comment. So just insert <laughs> something witty here. Think that I made a joke. Um, but oh, his play was so good that the Knicks have decided to cut uh, Taj Gibson. God, <laughs> I don't know what uh, how how good that has it's to be. It's just like but... I've
1: got my three centers. So I don't need you anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I can't imagine him ever just waving Taj. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised that like they signed him to a full year deal as opposed to like, a couple of ten days, but they just cut him. I saw him right before we jumped on the pod. Did
1: you see the video of him like asking to be subbed out after playing like four straight minutes? Maybe Tibbs was just so disgusted. He's like, "Are you kidding me? Can't play? You're him. not the man I, I, I want, once knew." I, want, I, want, I, want <laughs> I expect you to be able to play forty minutes nonstop. What is going on here?
0: Yeah, it it's a lot of minutes, and Taj is. Taj is old. I, I'm basically to the point where, like, if an NBA player is older than me, I feel all of the pain, all of the, like, creaks in my joints. I've been trying to get back into shape. I went to the gym four times this week. That's my goal. Four days. These, you know, alternates, you know, chest back, buys, tries, legs, these core, like, we're, we're hitting and we're getting back in shape. And I feel the pain. And so when I see someone older than me in, on an NBA core, I'm like, okay, respect. And also, you're in pain. I know it
1: as I, as I get closer to 30, like I'll be 27 this year. I feel like this is officially late twenties. Um, I'm exiting my prime. I went to, a went to a gig a couple nights ago and then woke up the next day. I was like, why is my knee so painful? And it was just from like the, you know, the concert bop and I was like, oh man, (laughs) I'm fucking losing it.
0: (laughs) Uh, we went to a new year's Eve concert. Uh, one of my favorite bands, Joe Hurler and the rainbow seekers. And like, we had good spots we we're in the middle of the crowd we we're jumping we we're having a great time and like hits midnight and they play like a couple more songs and it's 12 30 they're like cool we're done um with our set joe's like i'm gonna come back out and do like a dj set until 2 a.m and we just kind of look around we're like there's more like, <laughs> like we love you guys i love i love the music but i'm like i'm old i gotta i gotta go sleep now so unfortunately I yeah at
1: that. at that gig it said um starts at eight o'clock Which was doors open at eight o'clock, and then nothing happens for an hour and a half, and then the opener plays a one-hour set, and then the band gets on. I was like, "Fuck it."
0: Ours was similar. Was doors at seven, first band at eight, but the first band's lead singer had gotten um, had gotten sick. There's like a everyone's getting sick right now. It's winter in Michigan, Um, and so they're like, "We're just doing our set like without a singer." <laughs> it, was, okay. it was entertaining. Um you
1: know, Okay. <laughs> just, not gonna lie, that sounds awful like you couldn't have found someone last minute. I it
0: was it was very fun because like it was it was a jam band and so like Okay. We we kind of found a table off in the corner um and just had cocktails and drank and had like, you know, kind of soothing guitar drums and a saxophone going in the background. It was like, all right. All right. Not not bad, but kinda of weird. Okay, yeah, if you got cocktails and saxophones, you're doing fine. All right. Let's let's get this back on track. Uh Grizzlies, Mavericks, or Who Wants Out? Where do you want to go with this? Let's let's um let's do the Grizz. The Grizzlies. So I watched the Grizzlies demolish my Lakers. Um, really not demolish, but just take over in the fourth quarter. And they have been on quite a roll since Ja came back. I was corrected. They have lost three games with Ja actually in the roster. Four since his return, he sat one out. But, th- but they're clawing their way back. They're up to 12 and 23. And 500 is all you're going to need to make the play-in. How are we feeling about Grizzlies making the play-in, making the playoffs? Can they make any noise? It's a lot of games to make up. Um, so their
1: net rating at the moment is an expected 28-win team. And so how can they get those additional wins needed to get to, as you say, 500 will do it. Mm-hmm or the other way you can look at it is that they're five games out of um i think 10th which is about a 500 team and so they've got to make up play 500 ball and also make up five additional wins which sounds a lot easier when you put it that way mm-hmm. um their offense continues to struggle even since jars got back they're you know just looking at last two weeks which probably gets a little bit of pre-jar time as well um maybe be, be better to bring up when jar actually came back but either way still a bottom three bottom five offense, um, which is rough and to get to five hundred with a bottom five offense, you've basically got to be a top five defense, which they also are not. And so that offense has got to pick up or the defense has got to get to an elite level. With some more continuity, getting the players accustomed to playing around Jar and just more jar in general, maybe that's gonna get you to a better offense. I'll just pull the numbers now because yeah Last year, they were an 11th rated offense and the year before that, they were fourth. And so healthy jar teams do get to you know top 10 levels of offense. Um, but that's also with Steven Adams, who is one of the um, most impactful without having any impact um, guys mm-hmm. in the league. And so ultimately, the question for me is, can the Grizz get to around the top 10 offense, which is what they're going to need to play at that rate needed to get to 500?
0: So the thing that I was thinking about is they didn't have smart for a lot of those earlier games. And in the nine games that Ja has been back in, they're six and three. So if we we just kind of look at like over Ja's tenure last year, the games Ja played, they're basically on pace to be a 55 win team. Now that he's been back, they're basically on pace to be a fifty five win team him again, with um with Ja on, uh, on the court, having a healthy smart, having a healthy Santiago Dama who missed missed a lot of games earlier. I think they could actually be really good. And I'm starting to starting to believe the hype. Um, now, the, the net rating of Smart, Job, Bane in you know, uh, that big four, uh, Jared Jackson Jr., is only plus two and a half points per 100 possessions. So not great with all four of them on the court. And you, you'd want that to be higher. But I, I'm starting to see it. I'm not going to put money on it just yet. But I think this is a very telling stretch of games they've got coming up. Um, they got Phoenix, Dallas, Clippers, Knicks and warriors if they can win three out of those five we're looking at a playoff team and we're looking at a playoff team that i don't want to see as anyone other than denver if you're denver i don't care you're going to be good enough um but like man of minnesota has to play in memphis in the first round I, I don't see Minnesota as having a huge advantage
1: their their win percentage since jar got back is okay. their expected 82 pythagorean win expectation since jar got back as a whole just that period is a 35 win team we said they need to get to, to 500 plus the difference to get there um i think that's just too much ultimately to make up um, they haven't immediately ah. got back to to playing at a you know jar in the roster jar on the team level so it's really hard to get to get back to there
0: you know the one thing looking at at their place in the standings they are just five games back but it's it's the five extra losses as well as the five fewer wins. Losses don't come off the record. You you can play incredibly well, and and you're not going to ever shed those losses. I I think they're going to do it. I I didn't believe it at first, but like the Lakers stumbling, um, and, and I gotta believe Houston will stumble. Although I did I watched them play in Milwaukee, and they are so freaking long. Like I know Giannis had forty something points. Giannis was bothered by their length. It's hard to say that when he scores that well. Dame was bothered by their length, Uh, and Alpern Shangoon just bodied through Giannis and Portis and ran around Lopez. He didn't have to go uh, through him with the size, but like (laughs) as 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 good as they played, I just I cannot believe that Houston will maintain 500 ball. I I feel like they they've got a drop off coming into them. Interesting.
1: I kind of like Houston to um to maintain. So, so that that will be our bet. I got, I got Houston. You got Memphis. Let's see how it comes out. Really? Can I just have
0: LA? Like, <laughs> can,
1: can my Lakers please just make it? Um. Wait, that that's not a given. They're not. They're not the number
0: one seed. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Christian Wood didn't solve everything. It was you that sent that screenshot of, of a, a tweet here where the guys like I had to click accept cookies to see the Lakers in the standings because that was blocking them. Uh that hurts me. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm starting to believe not just this is what they did against the Lakers, but, uh, this team, this team can catch fire. Memphis, Memphis can scare some people. Yeah. Our team of the week last week was Dallas, uh, which was probably a terrible week for Dallas because they started the week off losing by 37 points and then won by 29 points against Portland and one by 29 against Portland. Again, they're in the sixth seed, 21 and 15. My only big takeaway from watching them this past week, uh, because their second game against Vince Portland was without Luka, and their first game was just a, a mercy killing, and basically up 20 at halftime, um, is Kyrie's really fun to watch. Like, we we are not big Kyrie fans here, but he's he is fun to watch. The guy can do a lot with the ball, has good aggression. And then the thing that I didn't think that I would see from him against Vince Portland, was he was selling out to play defense. He was hustling to get back. Uh, there was a, a Mavs turnover in the second quarter think THJ. They lost it. Um, Portland's pushing. And, and Kyrie gets back and strips with the ball. Like His hustle on defense really was kind of surprising me. With all of the controversy and all of the, like, will he play, won't he play, I kind of forget about it, but Kyrie is really fun to watch. He can score and ball handle in ways that a lot of other guys just can't do. Yeah.
1: We have seen like random periods throughout his career where he's decided that he needs to be a good defender, mm-hmm. which has not always been for the best, like there was that stretch I think with Brooklyn where he decided that he would guard Giannis for some reason, like he thought that would solve all their issues. Um it, it didn't go well. Um but there are times where he will just decide that he's going to try hard on defense. Um and that's the big thing for Dallas is they do have a good offense. They've got two really elite offensive creators, um, and one of them who's you know maybe a, a top five offensive player in the league, than Luca. Um, and they have a good good offensive rating. The struggle is that they don't really get consistent stops. And so if Kyrie is going to decide that he's going to be the one that's going to change that, um, and does it consistently is the thing. Like don't just do it a couple times a game. Make a commitment to playing consistent defense. Um, mm-hmm. That's the way that they can get to you know a decent team because they've got a really good offense. So all of a sudden, a, a team that can get it done on both ends. Um, and we're seeing Jason Kidd go to maybe more defensively minded lineups. Um, moving Dante Exum into the starting lineup. Um, starting Derek Jones Jr., who's you know a, a guy with good athleticism and good length. Um, And so maybe that's the way that they are trying to go. Um, Grant Williams, who's their big offensive, well, their big off-season signing, rather, um, he's been, I think, quite disappointing defensively. Um, He does have a reputation of, like, a 3 and D player, and his offense has actually been pretty decent. Um, But he has just not been good defensively for some reason. Maybe it's uh, down to usage, like he's a very specific kind of defender, and then... He's like he's a four defender. As long as they're not too big, And so like that's not a huge you know amount of players that he's going to be able to defend well. Um, but yeah, the fact that Dallas have tried to get more defensively minded, um, I think is maybe a sign of you know they're at least giving a go at becoming a real
0: team. Yeah, uh, and when I was watching them play, it was the second Portland game that it became really obvious they don't have any bigs right now um Rashawn holmes is injured cleaver's out markeith morris is out grant williams was out and it was kind of fun to see kid experiment around with some of the lineups um there was one lineup where I, I think jared jackson jr was the big uh and then Kyrie was basically playing the four on defense tim hardaway jr is out there uh hardy and then josh smith and it was it was a really fun interchangeable little lineup for them uh also hardy hardy balled out in that second Portland game. I liked his aggression. He was attacking, trying to set up teammates. Uh I, they've got pieces. I wish that I'm just gonna float it out there Lakers. Dallas needs big men. You need guards. Christian Wood was decent in Dallas. Maybe maybe it's time for the return. Just send him <laughs> back. Christian I, I, doubt I, I doubt that make <laughs> it happen.
1: Uh, I mean, they they could have him if they wanted him, and they
0: <laughs>
1: decided not to give him a minimum contract. They could.
0: But The Lakers could have had Dante Axum and decided not to sign him. Mistakes were made. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Like, let's 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 share the wealth. We got too many bigs. All right, may, maybe you don't want a Christian Wood. What can Rui get me? Can we get Dante Axum for Rui? Vando would be a
1: bit of fit, to be
0: honest. Sure, take take Vando. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jackson Green. Hell, I'll settle for Seth Curry. I'll settle for the bad Curry brother at this point.
1: Yeah, his um, his play this season has been quite surprising in how yeah. little he's able to contribute to the team. Like maybe it's just that Jason Kidd just has no faith in him whatsoever. But like he he's he was good last season and he's barely playing at all. I
0: think it's I think it's you know what you get with him. Um, I was I was looking back for the game. Yeah, I watched them play the caps uh, a few weeks back and he was on fire from three he had 19 points five for nine and from beyond the arc and then it's like didn't he played six minutes the prior game didn't do anything two games later he's not playing the game after that not playing um i think you know what you get with seth curry and they're still trying to figure everything else out so like i wouldn't be surprised to see the minutes ramp up near the end of the season when you kind of figure out more of what you got with everyone else hmm.
1: maybe it's just a, it's just a bad fit for him on this roster um having Your two best players be guards, and then have Curry, who's strictly a guard. Like he cannot play. You don't want him playing any three. Um, he's strictly a guard, and so maybe it's just hard to fit in that way. Um, but like Jason Kidd's playing, like Jaden Hardy, who does nothing. Um, as who's also strictly a guard.
0: (laughs) Hardy was good in that Blazers game. That said, it was a Blazers. I watched them play the Blazers twice. I'm not going to take like too much stock in it and say that they are contenders or anything. Um, I'll be honest. Having watched Dallas, Memphis, and Houston play in relatively recent succession, uh, actually all four games today, uh, it's, it's my Sunday. I just sat around, and watched basketball, and caught up on the week. I think Houston played the best. I think Memphis played the second best. I think Dallas, even though they they were just blowout wins, it just uh, the level of competition wasn't there. Yeah. To make a definitive statement. But I got some good Scoot Henderson viewing
1: in. Nice, nice. Speaking of terrible um scoring efficiency, um, Jaden Harden has a forty-seven point seven percent um effective field goal percentage, which is 19th percentile among guards. So that's my concern with him. Don't worry about it.
0: It's fine. (laughs) Don't worry about it (laughs) The three-pointers fallen though. Yeah, three-pointers fallen. Really that last game, because it was the playmaking and passing, which is pretty atypical for him we're looking at basically one and a half assists per game and i think that was a nine assist game so wouldn't shock me if that's his career high but um hey trying to watch a young playmaker or in scoot i saw a young playmaker in hardy fuck like uh, what one of the other podcasts i was listening to uh, or that i listened to in my, in my regular rotation was discussing what memphis could get for scoot like i know scoot's been disappointing. Could yeah sorry what portland could get for scoot um and like not to say that they would ever trade Scoot, but just what in your mind would you give up for a guy who was the second most hyped prospect? He ends up going number three. Has had a very disappointing rookie season. I don't know if you've watched much Scoot yet. The eye test doesn't seem my eye test didn't like him him that much. I mean he's he's not terrible, but he's slow. Um, he's getting getting called for carrying, He's trying to do a little bit too much with the ball. Well, sometimes, uh, and then. Other times, just lacking the aggression to try and make moves. Would you give up anything for Scoot? Would you consider trading Scoot if you were Portland? I mean, that's the kind
1: of trade that never really happens because the receiving team is taking on such risk, and the outgoing team gives up so much um, potential. As in the the volatility of um, you know expected return is so great that you're giving up a lot of upside and taken on a lot of downside or or just that you have to value the asset at the upside while taking on all that downside risk. Um, so it's the kind of trade I don't think ever really happens. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely not out on Scoot yet. I mean, if, you know, coming into the season, what would I have expected from Scoot? Maybe a little bit more um, in terms of the flashes, um, but, you know, probably would have expected him to be an inefficient scorer on a bad team. Um, it's not a great ecosystem for him. Like Portland isn't, you know, sort of the, the best surrounding cast. And it's really hard to be an NBA point guard. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, point guards take a while to develop. And I think, you know, the first couple of years could be rough. Um, but I think for sure you don't trade him on his rookie contract because all the potential's still there as a really athletic shot creator uh, with good physical tools. And you, you just need to give point guards time.
0: Yeah, I think the guy that I think he's in the right situation to be given a lot of time. Chauncey Billups was traded during his rookie year. Uh pulling up the trade here, it was Chauncey with D. Brown, Roy Rogers, a couple other guys for Kenny Anderson, a couple of guys. But like, it, it was a real quick give up. There's also some off the court hurt incident, and um, he was involved in a sexual assault halt, uh allegations, and Boston was just like, we we have to to move off of him. Uh, and I think that one kind of came back to bite them. Chauncey developed into a very good player. Uh, another time that we had a young point guard traded was we had Michael Carter Williams win Rookie of the Year mm. and then get traded the next year. Uh, do you know what Phoenix got, or what uh, Philadelphia got back in that trade? I, for what I recall, it wasn't much. They got back a 2018 first round pick for the Rookie of the Year. That is, <laughs> that is basically which became Mikael Bridges. Who they traded oh, nice. away.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was such a weird trade. Like, that was such a... I remember that on draft night has being, like, such a perfect pickup for them. It was like, oh, that's a really good fit for them. And also, like, that was the one where, like, his like his mom was, like, in the organization too, right?
0: Yep. His mom was in the marketing department. and e- Everything was, like, perfect
1: from, from that perspective. And then they just traded him for some reason. It was like, man, that guy's literally the perfect fit. You've got these off-court reasons to get him as well. And they just fucking trade him. Traded him for
0: Zaire Smith.
1: It's like the Suns passing on um, Halliburton. Everyone's like, "Okay, this is the perfect pick. You've 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 got it. Just you know, take the dude." And they're like, "What if we fucking didn't?" It's like, no.
0: So he's falling. He he fell to you. Or, to be fair, the Suns do that a lot. It's like when they hired Luca's coach and then didn't draft Luca. Yeah. <laughs> God. What a joke of a franchise uh, i forget what part i was listening to they were they were reminiscing on that and they're like yeah uh ivan wanted to draft luca and sign clint capella and i'm just sitting here i'm like yeah luca Devin booker and clint capella that team probably is a, like is a title contender and not all capped out and begging bradley peel to play basketball that would have been nice last week uh i went through 11 likely players to be traded. You, in our pre pod, said that you were going to come up with five players who need a change of scenery. Um, we've had the recent and Shams tweets about uh, Moses Moody not being happy, about Kaminga not being happy. I'm interested to see what overlap you might have between my 11 players to be traded and your five players who want out list. Uh, who you got for me? Um, we'll start with the
1: most obvious one the guy who Shams literally tweeted that he wants essentially, although he's unhappy with the coach, which is never really something that gets out. Um, so we'll start with Jonathan Kaminga.
0: Who? complained about coaches gets out every single day. Come on. I don't know, man. Six Lakers just went to Shams and complained. <laughs> okay. There's a difference when you're when you're like a Lakers
1: player and you're complaining about darvin Ham um, compared to a guy in his third season complaining about, um, you know, a, a future time champion
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that that's very fair you, you know like
1: shans isn't gonna tweet about you know Devontae graham being mad at, at greg popovich not playing him enough like that's the kind of thing that doesn't get out um but yeah like kaminga at 22 minutes a game and even struggling to find an increased role with andrew wiggins demise as a competent nba player and draymond green having this random indefinite suspension where for some reason he also like stayed away from the team like that wasn't part of his suspension he just couldn't play but he decided to just like leave the team altogether and not go to trainings or not go to team meetings or anything um so that was really weird and the fact that he hasn't able to been able to find a solid role despite playing i think fairly well um with the limited opportunities that he's given Uh, I think this is a guy who fits that mold of an athletic, lengthy forward with some ball handling skills, with defensive chops, um, who hasn't shot the three well this year, but overall for his career has been a decent um, three-point shooter. Like This is the kind of guy who develops into a $30 million a year kind of player, Um, and he's not been able to get that kind of opportunity in his current system. And so I think he's a guy and he obviously agrees with it <laughs> who maybe would, would benefit a lot from a change of scenery.
0: Did you have a location for him?
1: Um, what was the, the rumored trade that, um,
0: there's Toronto, right? I, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's a, that's a pretty good fit. We quickly RJ Barrett Kaminga, and Scotty Barnes. Like that's a, that's a pretty nice um lineup of fairly complimentary players. Um, who aren't going to take away a lot from um, Kaminga's ability. And so I think that's a,
0: that's a decent deal. I do see the Toronto fit not working out the best. Um, all of the guys play the best with the ball in their hand. Like that's what toronto has been experimenting with with Scotty. Yes. Is let's try to run him at point. All right. Now we've got quickly. Okay, that's two guys who need the ball in their hand. RJ Barrett's not providing anything as far as weak side spacing. Like he's good with the ball in his hand and then pushing. And like Kaminga, that's that's what Kaminga does best. I I worry he's not gonna end up in Toronto with the young young Raptors all trying to forge a path. If he pushes too hard, I think he's gonna end up in Detroit. That's that's where where non-shooters go to die. <laughs> That that would be an
1: interesting fuck you to trade him like for Bogdanovich or something. Trade him for Alec burke Didn't Alec Burke already play for the Warriors?
0: I'm sure he did, but I was thinking more
1: And <laughs> he's played for a lot of teams.
0: <laughs> it feels like a beef stew trade waiting to happen. Get him him over to the Golden State. They need a little bit more size and rebounding and some switchability out there. He's worked on his spacing. I I think that's the move is you have some sort of um Kuminga for Isaiah Stewart. Or Pistons continue to try to take a gamble on high upside talent as opposed to like hey we kind of know what Stu is he's probably should be a backup but instead of taking the sure thing let's continue the gamble
1: if if there's any player who would maybe succeed in the Washington Wizards maybe it is (laughs) Kaminga um at, at least like the Wizards do have like theoretical floor spacing like, they've got guys on the team who can shoot. Let's reunite Jordan Paul and Jonathan Kaminga. Um, because Kaminga's, like, greatest ability is getting to the rim. Do you want to take a guess at what he shoots field goal percentage at the rim? No. uh, I feel more pres- Whatever Wait, you're thinking, Kuminga go, go higher. Kaminga. Uh, Kaminga, <laughs> like, 69? 74% at the rim. Like, when that's he's able to really get into nice. some space and get to the rim, that's, that's super yeah. high. That's 89th percentile among forwards. So here's a that's really good finisher.
0: Kaminga for Denny Avdia. Kaminga for D- Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> Kaminga for Corey Kispert. I, for I mean, Kis- the trouble Kispert is that like be a, it'd be kind of nice.
1: The trouble is that all these moves do nothing for Golden State. Like it's good for the Wizards, it's good for Kaminga, but it does nothing for Golden State.
0: All right, Kaminga for Kispert and Mike Muscala.
1: Hell no! <laughs> like who
0: space? <laughs>
1: i'm just saying how kaminga has these um you know indicators of a potential star level of player um and, and we're not going to trade yeah. up a korekus but
0: Mike Mike muscala yeah that's that's probably too too little uh i i, I guess it just depends on what do you believe his star potential is as golden state are you actually that bought in that he could one day be a star and you're willing to wait on that or willing to wait on getting equal value versus getting a couple of guys who could fit in the system to trying to maximize curry's age 35 to 36 seasons
1: yeah I don't think that they do think he can be a star but I think that they think that other teams think that he can be a star and so you know you 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 value him at what the market dictates not at
0: what your own personal um um yeah projections all right who else you got who's number two on this unhappy needs a new location
1: maybe one that wouldn't come to your mind can we get Jordan Poole to a team with a better system? He's been thrown into this Washington
0: no. system where,
1: you know, he's had go out, do whatever you want, take as many bad shots as you like. Doesn't matter if you win or you lose, doesn't matter what you do. Can we get him to a team with a more offensive structure? He had periods in Golden State where he looked like an all star, where playing with Draymond Green, playing with Andrew Wiggins when he was still good, actually, Wiggins might have been out at the time as well. Um, but playing with Clay to provide floor space him back when Looney was still a good defender. In a structured offense, he looked like an all-star. In this Detroit system, where there is absolutely no structure and he has absolute free reign to do whatever he wants, he's the worst player in the NBA. And so for Jordan Poole, can we get him out of the system where he's the worst NBA player into somewhere with a little bit more structure where he's able to shine? One that kind of is realistic that comes to mind is like Brooklyn. Where you've got Spencer Dinwiddie to provide supplemental ball handling. Nice. You've got shooting, you've got defense, um, but they need someone to elevate the offense. If Jordan Paul is able to come in and be a actual offensive contributor, like he has been able to be in the past, um, in a more structured system with a good coach and Jock Vaughan who's, you know, coaches team pretty well, um, I think he would really benefit from moving on to somewhere else
0: you know the Brooklyn system might be the perfect system for them uh the way that they have been able to set up and play around some really you know not great guards but they've made cam thomas look really good and cam thomas's aggression has been really good um and i say this knowing cam thomas went over 11 last week and over seven last week in two separate games they could be a good fit for pool i was also thinking what about uh philadelphia they've got large expiring contracts if Washington just says, all right, we want to reset the button on Poole, we don't want to have him, him anymore. Let's just get off the contract and have free agency money. That might work potentially um, to just get him him there. And then him and Maxie are the backcourt, or maybe Melton could play a little bit more three. A- any interest there? No, I don't like that fit so
1: much. I don't want him with another small guard. Um, I think if he's in, the, in that Philadelphia That's system, fair. it's it's coming off the bench um which maybe wouldn't be the worst thing for him at this point you know he can although he has been better as a starter playing with starters than playing off the bench now yeah. that's
0: yeah better playing with starters but better better was in golden state as the backup um all right so we've gotten a warrior and a former warrior i'm sensing a trend who's the third guy
1: this one is going to shock you as well guy you just touched on can we do the exact opposite of what jordan paul needs for cam thomas can we get cam thomas to a system where he can do whatever the hell he wants and play 35 minutes a game why no don't do that to cam Cam thomas is averaging over 20 points and is playing less than 30 minutes um he's only taking 17 shots a game in 30 minutes i want him i want those shot numbers up i want those minutes up i want him to able to be a guard as well like he's he's having to play a lot of three just because uh brooklyn needs wings um i want cam thomas in a more free system um cam thomas in detroit let's 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 phone it in cam thomas doesn't shoot threes he, he takes he takes five and a half a game in 29 minutes let's get 50 percent 50 percent more minutes 50 percent more threes eight threes a game is is high volume
0: uh, what do you mean he's playing a lot of forward guys is playing out there with Mikael Bridges and Dinwiddie and Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce. What? No, no. He's staying in Brooklyn. <laughs> All right, man. This cough is just kicking my ass. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm having the mute in time. I apologize. This friend of huge listeners, if I'm not, but oh, talking for an no, hour. you you really.
1: you're, you're nailing it. All right. Perfect. Um, <laughs> let's see if we can wrap this up before the one hour mark, just to make it satisfying. Well,
0: I'm, I'm going to drag it out just a minute because. Cam Thomas is on a very team-friendly contract. He is under $3 million a year right now. So literally tradable to anybody for literally anything. Um, And I think that makes it really hard to try to get back equal value. I don't know what Brooklyn would want to get.
1: If only they had a big contract for a guy who doesn't offer them any value that they could combine with Cam Thomas. Um, Maybe like, you know, this... A big Australian guy that they could send out as matching salary just to increase the type of player that they can take back.
0: You know, it works, but like, then what, what are you getting back? What do you even want to get back if you're booklet? You are trapped in the middle. You've got a 22 year old guard who is electric off the bench with his scoring. Like, I guess it's part time starter, but started 20 of his 27 games, so more than part time. What, what do you want to get back for Cam? What is fair value? Are you going to send him and Ben Simmons? For Jordan Poole? <laughs> Brooklyn will riot. <laughs> <laughs> Phone it in. Sit cam free. No, no. Leave him right where he needs to be. <laughs> He's in a good place. He's in the good place. Uh all right, who's the guy four? This one is an overlap with guys who should
1: be traded from a team perspective. Um having just pulled off the OG and Obi trade, it's time to trade Siakam. Like this is the yeah. Yeah, it's it's started. finally time. Um, he really wanted to stay in Toronto, like he didn't want to be traded. Um, I think with this team that's now around him, skewing a little bit younger, um, the emergence of Scotty Barnes, who plays in a very similar way to him, uh, has seen his role and his efficiency, his effectiveness diminished. Um, and so I think it's time for Siakam to get to a spot where he's able to be more of an offensive, um,
0: creator. Yeah, the first game that they played with R.J. Barrett um, was, was, I think, one of the best games I've seen Pascal play all season. And what really stood out to me was Toronto was pushing the pace. Um, they know Barrett does well in the break. Quickly is a very fast player. And so everything you said is true about him needing a new location. And I just, I want to see him go to a place that plays fast, whether that's OKC or whether that's Indiana. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's got Jalen Johnson. I say don't mess with it. All right, all right. One of the things that I hate about but, um, Pascal is he truly is a four. He is not a four combo five. He is not a three yeah. combo four. Yeah. And I, that is limiting. But him next to Turner, I think, is a really nice his fit. Or him next oh, yeah. to Chet, a big man who can space. Either of those positions, either of those spots would be absolutely great for him. And yeah, like low he, key, Santonio would too.
1: Yeah. Like he needs the 2024 Marcus Gasol to really play to his yeah, full absolutely. potential. Someone exactly. who can stay out of his way and let him get down the hill and do spin moves into space at the rim, not spin moves into more defenders. Um, someone who so, yeah. can block a few shots that will help ignite breaks. Like Yeah. Exactly. And and a guard that can push the pace, um, either in like a Shea or a Josh Getty um, or Tyrese Halliburton. Um, or TJ McConnell. Get all, yeah, Halliburton and TJ McConnell, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and both teams have pieces to – that would be intriguing um knee smith or Matherin, and from indiana i don't think you're that interested in trading for josh giddy at the moment i think you're not going to get jalen and williams the the wing from okc but okc has 36 picks at their disposal to trade you can make it happen you may get some can get some work. isaiah joe actions case on wallace yeah that that was my kind of pitch if you got a shooter from one of those teams seems to play next to quickly scotty barrett it all just works out maybe maybe get dang um usman dang yeah like, hey take it take a gamble on poku might as well just just take the take the young pieces of that okc's okay, not, not interested in it anymore yep the poker resurgence on the hoops temple podcast um poku.
1: <laughs> my final one is um to to bring in the um bring in a bill simmons analogy Like this. This is the guy who's um content with the toxic girlfriend and who keeps doubling down. Like everyone Mm. knows that they should break up, but he just proposed. Can we get Jeremy Grant on a team where he's able to be like a third or a fourth option on a good team? And we we just saw Aaron Gordon win a championship playing the role that Jeremy Grant was meant to play. Can we get him into a situation where he can go back to defending, go back to running the floor go back to cutting and all those you know the ball handling and the shot creation those um to the to the level that he's able to do it where those can be supplementary skills where those can be a bonus um can we get him into a situation where he can actually um thrive because like
0: this is the guy that every championship team needs is there as their fourth option i don't think so not yet he's got a player option in 27 28 for 36 million which I think after we have the next cap spike, that number will seem a lot less daunting. I'm, I've kind of heard some projections of the next cap spike being over 200 million, and and so like if that's what the new media rights deal is, and he's still just making 36, that's that's not terrifying. But right now, that's like a third or that's like a fourth of your cap, and (laughs) he'll be what he's 28 or 29 now. That's four or five years in the future, so like 34, 35. That's that's tough to want to take on and give up anything other than just contracts. Like and maybe for Portland just contracts is fine, but you know, if Brooklyn Collins like, "Hey, we'll give you Ben Simmons deal that will expire a lot sooner for Jeremy Grant." I don't know that Portland does that. I don't think that they do, but I think that that would be
1: good for all parties involved. And, and we and we're talking about this from the player's perspective as well. Um, yes, yeah. it doesn't maybe make sense to devote a third or a quarter of your cap to Jeremy Grant, but for him i just want him out of this system where he's absolutely wasted because um, he has in theory if he's willing to you know play to it he does have a skill set that can contribute to you know pushing a team to a championship and in the in the way that aaron gordon just did mm-hmm. i just i don't know if he wants that he doesn't and that's that's the problem
0: yeah
1: <laughs> he's more than happy to be on a terrible team um making money and scoring
0: yeah like i think if If Philly called and said, hey, we'll give a a first and Tobias for Jeremy Grant. I don't know that Jeremy Grant's going to look any better in Philly than Tobias is looking. And like, it's a lot, a lot of money. And if he's not going to be happy in that role, have fun in the Pacific Northwest, buddy. Enjoy the (sighs) rain. Have some vegan donuts. I hear they're delicious. They fucking are, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, any other takes uh, before we get out of here? I think we've pretty much covered it. All right. Well, find me at Nate underscore Hoopstemple on TikTok. Email us hoopstemple at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, have a good week.